welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and with calf diarrhoea and calf pneumonia, the leading causes of death in Irish calves pre-weaning, it begs the question, what is the best practice vaccination protocol for sucro cows pre-calving? Fesh Doreen Corridan explains why vaccinations should be used. It's a very good question, Catherine. Uh, but basically, um, for suckler bee farmers, what they're basically looking for is to try and have a more productive herd, a more profitable herd, and for the suckling farmer to be quite enjoyable, and if at all possible, reduce the actual amount of labour. One thing vaccinations actually do for us is um, they reduce the amount of disease in the farm, we end up with more productive animals, also, animals will reach their full potential. We end up with less disease, and animals that do get hit with disease actually are easier to cure. And the other thing it does for us is complete peace of mind. We use less antibiotics. And, and also, by reducing disease, we reduce the amount of antibiotics we need on farm, which is very, very important from the point of view of AMR. And the other thing, Catherine, is we are really, really lucky with the vaccines we actually have for cattle. Because if we look at the regional veterinary labs, uh, the biggest cause of death in animals under six months is scour, pneumonia and clostridial diseases. And there are very good vaccines available for all those. You mentioned preventing disease and less antibiotics and less labour, and they are major benefits of vaccinations, Doreen, but what should farmers be vaccinating for? Okay, I suppose the first thing, um, if you were discussing vaccination with a farmer, um, the first thing I'd ask for him is um, what problems had he in 2020? Because if you talk to any vet in the country, they could nearly tell you of their clients, which ones are likely to get scour in 2021 and which ones are likely to get pneumonia in 2021. So the first thing is what issues had her donors in 2020? The second thing, Catherine, that works exceptionally well, and it's a very easy thing to do, is pull out a group of last year's wanings. If you're autumn and spring, some from the spring, some from the autumn, get your vet to take blood samples from them. And sucklers are quite unique in the sense that the young calf is with the mother for the first six to 10 months of life. So anything that's currently circulating in the herd by blood sampling that group of wanings you will actually get a very clear picture of what's happening in the herd. That's the second thing I do. And the third thing then I take into account, is this a closed herd that just buys in very little like a stock bull? Or is it a herd that does quite a bit of trading? Because all those will actually influence your vaccination decisions. Some farmers might dispute the fact that they use vaccinations and they made no difference, Doreen. Do they actually work? They, they do, they do, Catherine. There is no doubt about it. So I mean that vaccinations do work. Now, however, for vaccinations to work, we also need um, management changes if, in, is, if there's an issue, but we also need to be able to handle vaccines correctly. Now, so if we talk about van, um, management changes, um, We'll probably go into them in a bit more details when we speak about the scar vaccines and the pneumonia vaccines. But the big thing when we're buying vaccines is we need to make sure that these vaccines will work. So the first thing when you're purchasing vaccines is purchase the correct pack size. So if you have um, 
um, a number of animals to vaccinate, you need to give them the booster, work out what pack size do you need. So you do not end up having partially used vials left over in the fridge. That's the first thing. The second thing is vaccines need to be kept between two to eight degrees to actually remain viable. So make sure that they're in a fridge and it's in a good fridge and it's not in a fridge that actually freezes. The other big issue with vaccines is compliance. Follow the instructions. What's the primary? Is it two doses, three weeks apart, four weeks apart, or six weeks apart? That's what it says and the pack will give you um, the best chance of the vaccine actually working. Then what's the route of vaccination? Is it into the muscle? Is it under the skin? And one thing that really helps um, with is um, vaccines is hygiene. We need to be very, very hygienic because what we want to do is we need to vaccinate the animal. We do not want to be injecting a whole pile of dirt and bacteria into the animal. And automatic syringes are very, very useful for those. Wash hands before we start vaccinating. Wear a pair of gloves. And the other thing is, is avoid 14 days between vaccines to actually give them time to work. And um, the important thing then is make sure in the day you have enough labour, you know what I mean, and that you don't get stressed or the animals don't get stressed. So the key thing for vaccination to work is handle the vaccine correctly, comply with how often um, the animal needs to be vaccinated, comply with the dose and the rules, hygiene and store it correctly. There are some great tips, Doreen. And as of it, what do you see as the most important vaccines for suckler cows pre calving Okay, if you talk to, um, it depends, do you know what I mean, on what problems her donors had last year and when their blood sample, the wanelings, what will show up with that. But when you speak to vets, the number one vaccine in suckler herds they'll all talk about is scoured vaccine uh, for the cows. That's clearly number one. The one vaccine I consider as well as a high priority up there is Lepto, especially for the suckler herd daughter's own health, because that is very important. And then you have the respiratory vaccines for the calves and the black leg vaccines for the calves. You mentioned the scour vaccine is the number one on your list. Can you explain what options are for administration and how it works? In the sense that how the scour vaccine works is... Um, there are two vaccines on the market um, that are single-shot vaccines. Uh, we have the Rotavac Corona from MSD and uh, the Bovigen from uh, Wirebac. And with these vaccines, uh, it's a single-shot vaccine three to 12 weeks before the cow actually calf. So if we take, we'll say today, we're the 18th of December or whenever. Uh, so if we vaccinate cows today, that will cover cows that calf from about the 8th of January up until about the 10th to the 12th of March. And then the cows then that are calving from the 12th of March onwards, we need to go into those with the 19th of February, and that will cover them from about the 10th of March up to May. So for herd owners that are spring calving, if they're going now and do all the cows that are calving um, from uh, January up to um, 10th of March, and then go in the 19th of February and do all the cows from the 10th of March to May. So it's a single vaccine, um, intramuscular injection, 
And the crucial things with this vaccine is what this vaccine does is this vaccine boosts the immunoglobulins in the beestins. So the first thing is make sure the cow is healthy, that she can actually produce these immunoglobulins. So if there's a liver fluke issue on the farm, make sure we've that addressed to allow the liver to into manufactured immunoglobulins. The second thing that herd donors have an awful habit of is cutting back the suckler cows pre-calving. That is fine in the sixth, seventh, and eighth, and the start of the nine month, but in the last two weeks, that suckler cow needs to be fed. And if the silage is low in protein, that needs to be supplemented in protein and energy. And um, something like Sibene meal, so I mean, which is about 44% protein, one UFL in energy, is absolutely super as a supplement for cows, so I mean, in the last 10 to 14 days pre-calving to make sure the beastins they produce is very high quality. So if the first thing to, produce, to make sure is the cow is vaccinated in time, three to eight weeks, going now for cows calving from um, January up to mid-March, going again then in February to cover the ones from mid-March to May. Second thing, make sure the cow is covered for liver fluke. Make sure that the last two weeks she's absolutely fully fed. So get the silage tested, do I mean, to see uh, what's the energy and what's the protein of the silage. Third thing then is uh, make sure the calf gets clean, healthy beastings. So the day you're vaccinating the cows, get the clippers, clip the cow's tails and clip the rump if you possibly can. And um, a week or so before the cow calves, try and bring her into a straw bed. So if they are quite dirty, that the dung will actually dry up. That's very important, right? Um, then um, when the cow calves, what we need is three litres of clean beastings from the first milking within the first two hours of calving to get into that calf. Now, if the calf had an easy calving and he's up and sucking and so forth, provided the other is okay and the teats are okay, he can suck himself. However, if we have a lazy calf or a calf that had a difficult calving or a calf that was calving too long with a swollen tongue or a calf that got a bit cold or a cow with a deep udder, it's really worthwhile, do you know what I mean, to bail up that cow, uh, milk her and actually tube the calf. But the most important thing then is hygiene because the calf can really absorb in the first six hours, but he'll also absorb any dirt we put in, do you know what I mean, as well as the immunoglobulins, and the dirt will compete with the immunoglobulins for absorption, and we will not get as much value out of the beastings. So I think what we've outlined there now, um, uh, Katrin, is to make sure the scour vaccine actually works. So some herd donors will say vaccines do not work, and you can see here, there are a number of issues there to make sure it actually works in the cow, in the sense that the cow has to be um, liver in good condition, um, so reduce liver fluke, well fed in the last 10 days so she can actually produce the immunoglobulins, especially protein and energy, and to make sure that the calf gets clean beastings in the first two hours of birth. Most definitely, during it's a combination of all the different factors that you've outlined to make it sure it works. Absolutely, Catherine, yeah. I suppose the one thing we haven't covered there in relation to cryptosporidium, also known by farmers as crypto, that can't be vaccinated for, but how is it possible to treat and prevent it? Okay, um, it's far easier to prevent it, um, Catherine. Um, so the first thing with crypto 
is any houses last year that were actually used for calving, they need to be really power washed down perfectly clean because crypto uh, will actually survive in the crevices and especially where there is actually any dry dung in the house. So really power wash down those houses completely, completely clean and um, disinfect them uh, with some of the products that are out there that are specifically effective against cryptosporidia. Make sure you have the correct dilution rate for the product we're actually using and let it dry into the house. So that's the first thing, start drumming with a very, very clean cabin box. The other thing then is make sure the calf gets beastins, as beastins really helps the immunity with the cryptosporidia, right? And make sure, I mean, that the calf is actually sucking for the first couple of days. Because if the calf is sucking for the first couple of days and has got enough beastins, he's a great chance of actually surviving the cryptosporidia. And what often happens with crypto, it multiplies, I mean, as the cow's calf. So if you could at all, at all possible, try and um, have a couple of different areas for calving cows rather than trying to calve them all actually in the same area. Or else, if your calving cameras are just set up in a couple of pens, reduce the amount of time the cows and calves actually spend in those pens and try and get a break in calving, so I mean, to do a complete clean out. So it's all about hygiene, disinfectant, and the other thing is, is try and reduce the traffic, so I mean, in those houses. Because where you have it last year, you're likely to have it this year, um, unless you actually do something about it. At the very start, Doreen, you outlined the importance of virus in young calves. What are the options for preventing viruses? So the second thing, I mean, that report in regional labs is one of the biggest reasons for death in young animals um, um, after the um, scour is actually respiratory diseases. And the big thing with respiratory diseases in young calves, vaccines really help. But there are a couple of important things that we actually have to get right as well uh, for suckler cows and calves. Because the important thing is, is the calves is not exposed to any drafts. So try and get in, rid of any drafts out of the houses. So if you have drafts coming into open gates, try and put stock board on them. Do you know what I mean? Put conveyor belting onto the end of them. Do you know what I mean? To stop it coming in under the gate. Um, look at other areas of drafts around the house. That's the first thing. Second thing, the calf has to be kept warm. If the calf is with the cow, she's a great radiator of heat. So, I mean, so often we don't really need to add much heat to calves. However, if they're inside in a very cold shed, so I mean, calf jackets work quite well, actually, for suckler calves to actually keep them warm. So, I mean, or often you'll find the calf might get a bit of a touch of a scour and go on then to get pneumonia. So put a jacket in a sick calf, so I mean, because it helps them quite a bit. So no drafts. Um, try and make sure the calf is in a reasonably warm place for the first seven to ten days. But if it's with the cow, the cow is a great radiator. So I mean, it'll keep the calf warm. Make sure the calf is a dry lie. Kneel down yourself. So I mean, and if the, your knee of your pants gets wet, so I mean, that lie is not uh, dry enough actually for that calf. Right? And the other big thing is make sure there's enough fresh air coming into the house. And if we take autumn born weanlings, uh, autumn born calves, um, they're inside in the house with adult cattle. And this is where ventilation really, really is important. So um, get out your vetted advisor and really look, are your inlets okay and are your outlets okay? So if you correct the drafts, get in enough of fresh air, make sure the calf is a dry lie, 
do those first and then vaccinations work quite well. And um, there are two options with the vaccination, although there's some evidence now to show that um, both of them in combination might work quite well, is there are internasal vaccines that can actually be given, so I mean, once the calf, so I mean, it's even less than a week old. Um, you have your um, bovillus, um, PI3RSP internasal, you have your Rispaval internasal, and then you have your um, bovalto. And if you're given internasal to calves, use the um, automatic guns with them because those internasal guns are very, very effective in actually creating that aerosol. So, I mean, they're absolutely superb. And then what you can do then is follow up. So, I mean, when the calf hits about two weeks um, um, with your um, injectables, uh, like with the include pastorella, like the bovipast or the bovalto. So it's collecting the management first and then gone in with the actual vaccinations. Some great tips, Doreen. What final advice have you for farmers in advance of calving 2021? I suppose the big thing uh, is um, work out the dates from the cows are calving. So, I mean, that's an important thing, right? And um, the thing is, is watch cows carefully. Do you know what I mean? And watch them springing down. Get in with your vaccine. And the same day you vaccinate, um, clip the cow's tails and clip the rumps, right? And definitely in the last two weeks before calving, feed those sucklers to make sure that they have a lot of beastings and they have a lot of high quality beastings. Second thing is clean calving boxes. We cannot emphasize that more. And the third thing then is make sure that calf gets two to three liters of high quality beastings in the first two hours. And if he cannot suck, I mean, children. Uh, that's great, Doreen. Thanks very much. You're great, Catherine. Thank you very much. And thank you, Catherine, for having me on. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Doreen for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie. Or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.